What's up, everybody? Welcome to my podcast, The Sonder Society. Sonder is the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own, populated with their own ambitions, friends, routines, worries, and inherited craziness. In this podcast, we focus on the people behind Instagram, its advantages and disadvantages, and how the future has been shaped around it. I have designed and implemented a platform to share insights with you from a variety of guests of different backgrounds to let you into their life, work, relationships, and experiences. Let's get into it. Isaac, thanks so much for joining me. I know we've tried to make this happen uh, for quite a few weeks. It's going to be an exciting episode. I know you're probably one of the most positive persons I've ever ever met. So going to be some good insight into your life here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I'm so stoked to be here and it's going to be a tons of good convo here. So apart from um, being known for the person for maintaining the best beard in Canada, let's get a, let's get a little bit into the behind the scenes of your life here. Let's uh, let's start and open up the beginning chapter, I guess, of your life. Um, early stages there. Walk me through your childhood a little bit. Give me some insight. I was actually trying to prepare for this question beforehand, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was. Uh, I mean, without getting like, too deep into into the roots of things, but um, I uh, yeah, I was born in Toronto, moved to Calgary about. 14, 15 years ago, and man, I grew up a pretty nerdy kid, to be honest with you. <laughs> Actually, I, d- I never told you that, but man, like all throughout junior high, got bullied, kind of blossomed in high school somewhat. I was still like, I was, I, I think I've been, I had a bit of an ego in high school and went from this nerdy kid to starting to play football because I thought it was a cool thing. Didn't even enjoy the sport, but I thought it was pretty cool. So I decided to join the team there. Um, and then after graduating high school, that's kind of where I, was like trying to figure out my whole life. I was like, what am I going to do? I didn't do well in high school. I think I was like in like six years. So university was totally out of a question. Like <laughs> there was no hope for me. And my parents were like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, um, so the first job out of high school, I, uh, I ended up working at CHOP as like a, a server assistant. So nothing fun. And ended up seeing this um, this like poster online uh, for, for Cowboys, like an amateur strip off. And I, I grabbed my buddy Cyril and Cyrus and I was like, dude, 500 bucks. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let's do this. And this is right when like Magic Mike 2 came out. <laughs> there you go. That's your inspiration. So we watched, uh, we watched Magic Mike 2. We choreographed our whole um, strip, <laughs> strip routine to that movie. Um, did all the dance moves. We won 500 bucks. We were freaking pumped on life. We're like, oh, heck yeah, like 150 bucks each or just over. And then uh, like Austin, the general manager was like, you guys need to come work here. <laughs> and we're like, what? Um, so anyways, we started working at Cowboys and um, throughout there, uh, worked in the club for years, got into university, started going into business and um, had a variety of different like jobs. Like did like a YouTube vlog. I was like a YouTube vlogger for a bit, an aspiring one at least. <laughs> um, I think I got up to like 100 subscribers. But yeah, I mean, super close from with my family throughout my whole childhood. Like we still do Sunday fun days. I worked in the industry, like I said, for, for years, um, went, to, went to university, did my degree in business and uh, now doing my master's. But yeah, it's been, a, been an interesting, very interesting adventure and attempting to, to run two businesses right now. So. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll definitely get into that and break that down a little. You mentioned, I'll take you back to when you, uh, was it 14, you moved from Toronto. What, what was the, was the whole family moving out here? What, what happened there? Yeah, pretty much like the whole family, like my mom got a job offer here and it, it was tough, like leaving all my friends and then 
just moving to a brand new city at first i was like what the heck is a city like i was used to toronto like big city like multicultural tons of food and at first when i came to calgary there was not a lot of like entertainment to say the least except like the calgary stampede so it was a big adjustment but um honestly i don't regret it since like i go back to toronto i love toronto but now it's just crazy like house prices are totally unaffordable like and I mean, I sound like such an adult right now. <laughs> Interest rates are high. <laughs> yeah. we'll what an inflation. <laughs> what a start to the show. He's just like, I said you were super positive and now you're down exactly. the route of no one can afford to live the lives. You were, when you're talking about your family, what was that dynamic like? You said, you know, you still do Sunday fun day and things like that. What's the family dynamic? Have you got brothers, sisters? Yeah, I got, I got one brother. He's four years younger than me. He's crazy intelligent. Like he's at UFC doing like cybersecurity, computer science, him and I, of course, with, uh, do you have siblings or no? Yeah, yeah, I've got uh, both older, oh, both. brother and sister. Okay, yeah. did, did you guys clash heads or no? Oh yeah, we did, oh yeah, as kids. Yeah. I used to just say I was the adopted son. <laughs> yeah, because <but> they, <laughs> we, we were just very different, very, very different. But I think that was a good thing. Yeah. Um, but some, you know, some families, I noticed more Canadian families were are so close, like you're built up around a family that's, not necessarily share the same values, but in England, I feel it was a little bit different. And we were just very different, different sports we were into, yeah. different kind of friendship groups as well. But um, yeah, we, we got along a little. <laughs> <laughs> just like, wait, I'm, I'm kind of, is it like more cold? Like not as like super like lovey? Like, like, hey, I love you. Like, come give me a hug kind of thing or? No. Okay, I see. That's more Canadian. I'd yeah, it definitely yeah. is. Definitely is. Yeah. Because well, I think the first time I moved here, I was like a bit shocked how close families were. I was like, oh, that's yeah. weird. It's obviously it's a nice thing. Like I value it obviously a lot more when I moved here. Yeah. But at first I was like, that's not how my family is. And again, we just we just had different things going on, different ages as well. And yeah. and I think that's just how you grow up in England a little bit differently. That's so crazy. Yeah, because yeah, for us it's just like, hey, I freaking love you. Let's bring it in. Even friend wise too. But I think I'm like extra like that. I think after the second time I met you, I was like, bring it in. Yeah, yeah, but that's, that's nice. <laughs> that, but that's sometimes like, like at the beginning, I can be yeah. like, okay, what the hell is this? Like this but, now, a lot. but now I'm a hugger. I just hug everyone. And I think everyone else yeah. now with me is like, okay, whatever. Um, let's talk about a challenging time when you grew up. Was there anything challenging? Obviously moving, that was probably a challenge, but was there anything else that you, you went through? Yeah, moving was a challenge at first. Um, and like, man, like actually, this is, this is weird. I I'm not even kidding. Grade four, I had zero friends. Like my dad literally got me a dog to be to be my only friend. Like, <laughs> and that, that actually like changed my whole life. But um, yeah, something super challenging. I guess in even childhood, maybe like to to date it back to high school. Even I'd say it'd be like trying to like find where you fit in. Mm -hmm. Like it was high school is the clickiest thing ever, right? Yeah. So it's like like which group am I a part of? I was like a floater. Like I don't know what you were, but yeah. I was a floater. I'd hang out like different groups all the time um and i think like trying to find my identity in that was a bit difficult and holding stock in in other people's like perceptions of me was a big one uh, that was huge yeah i think so many people struggle with that right mm -hmm. is especially if and i think moving from toronto probably had a big part of that as well because what year were you yeah. when you moved here so it was like relatively young like it was i've been here for like like 14 15 years and um i was in grade five grade okay. five so I got an interesting transition, like not too, not too old, but not too young either. Like kind of at, at mid, not midlife, <laughs> mid childhood. <laughs> yeah, midlife. I'm actually. <laughs> that, was your, that was your early midlife crisis. Early midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, let's talk about travel. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about travel and it seems like you do a lot of travel. I know you obviously enjoy experiences. Yeah. 
uh, when you're traveling and seeing different parts of the world. I guess what, what inspired you to try and travel as much as you have or what it seems you have? Dude, it's actually the best question. I love this. Um, <laughs> I like put like all throughout school, my money would go to like the money I made from Cowboys, which literally funded my whole traveling, all my traveling, my university, everything. Um, I value experiences so much more over like materialistic things. And I like I've been to, I think I was counting like 18 countries now. I've done like Iceland, Portugal, Spain, like all over Europe, just did Africa this past summer, did Israel too. Um, and yeah, the, the experiences were amazing, but um, kind of getting off track here. But yeah, going to like traveling just opened up a whole new perspective for me. Like my, I got, I was super fortunate. Like my, my parents took us traveling all the time. Like we have so much family out in Portugal. Um, so it was, it was crazy. Like I got, I got going to the club when I was like 14 years old. Like it was insane. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> I, a Portuguese I'm, club? Oh yeah. It's insane. It's I'm wild. sure like London too. It's like a similar, like it's no, normal to have a drink, maybe less so than like other parts of Europe. But it's it's normal to have like a beer. Or like yeah, because I th- I can't remember what it is, but you're allowed, like, especially if you're out for dinner, you can have like you can drink if you're with your parents. Exactly. I yeah. can't remember what that rule was or yeah. that law, but and then you're just like 15 and you just wasted. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it's like, okay, let's take shots of vodka and yeah, exactly. <laughs> turn up. Exactly. But no, traveling was uh, amazing. I've had so many amazing experiences. I've I've been to like Ibiza. I've been to Hungary to like dis- some disgusting bath parties <laughs> that you you know when you look on Instagram you're like oh this looks so sweet yeah and it's like you get there and it's like ninety percent dudes and just like <laughs> the grossest thing or like beer cans in the water <laughs> like it's disgusting yeah. but my fiance Caitlin's like she went to she's like oh my gosh it was awesome I was like yeah it was because we're ninety percent dudes yeah exactly <laughs> and it's amazing what Photoshop does when you exactly. post those on Instagram and ever because this is what I find about Europe specifically, especially for people from here that go to Europe. Mm-hmm. They obviously see all these pictures online and they're like, oh my God, it's beautiful. Like Santorini is the perfect example. You go there and you try and get a photo and there's thousands of tourists trying to get the same photo and it's chaos. Yeah. Like sometimes you can get it at the right time, um, but everyone sees these perfect picture of you just stood alone in the white and blue city. And then uh, behind the scenes, there's actually a thousand people lining up to get the same shot. Um, but that's a, that's a funny experience that uh, a lot of people seem to seem to feel when they go there. Dude, it's so true. It's so true. Like you look at this and you're like, oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. I need to go there. And it's like, it's just like one part of like the city or one part of the landscape. Right. And it's, yeah, everyone, everyone tries to achieve that like golden, that golden photo. But yeah, I've learned so much from traveling. I'm sure you have as well too. You've been to some crazy places. Yeah. I think, yeah, I've done quite a lot yeah. and I've done a lot for longer periods like i think a lot of people do you know they'll go for a vacation wherever i've lived in places for a long period of time which i like because you can kind of integrate and understand the culture a little bit better um but you learn so much i think everyone that does travel figures themselves out a lot more like they understand who they are who their personality is what they're comfortable with because you're out of your comfort zone for pretty much 100 percent of the time you're trying to figure out where do you go like i remember when i first went to australia and that's a pretty easy country to get like learn how to live there but even like the road signs and driving you would i was just like what the hell like this Mm -hmm. is so different because i was just so used to england and when you do travel you just have to figure it out there's no one there to say this is how you do it you either walk up someone in the street and ask them or you go online you try and figure it out and i think that's what i valued a lot and especially with friendships that helped me develop friendships because if you don't develop your own friendships with people you literally will be there on your own and you tend to leave after two months even if you want to stay a year but if you develop friendships 
you will have those friendships for life. And, and I definitely value that for you traveling. Obviously you've been to a lot of places. Is there a specific place that, that stands out? I know you've been to a few places maybe on your own and, and, and with your fiance now, but yeah. what's kind of been your favorite place? Yeah, that's a, no, that's a great question. Also Australia, definitely on the top of the list there. I need to go there sometime. Yeah, you um, should. but definitely top of the list. Ooh, that's a great question. I think, man, you know what really blew my mind? I, I, I was really grateful. I actually don't know if you know this. I got to go to Israel for free um, for like the birthright Israel uh, thing, which is essentially you get subsidized 90% of a trip if you have any Jewish her- heritage. Wow. Which is so crazy. What, so who is that a government uh, thing? Yeah, it's like, so actually like either like rich Israeli people will sponsor a trip okay. or the government will also subsidize some of it as well too. I went during like that end of COVID. So like I still have to get like two... Um, two COVID tests to go there. But Israel was amazing. Like it was such an incredible experience. Like first off, I love shawarma. Um, smelled like yeah. garlic half of a trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but no, it was, it was, that was an amazing, amazing experience. Like we went rafting down the Jordan River, um, went to the, went to the Whalen Wall, went to the Jerusalem Market, went to Tel Aviv where you see people like playing volleyball with your feet and you're like, what the heck's going on? And it was, it was so crazy. Such an amazing cultural experience. So I did that. That was an amazing time. Like, Probably one of my favorite highlights ever. And then um, also another amazing time, probably Iceland. It was me and four other guys in an RV going all around Iceland and just touring the country, going to a Blue Lagoon, paying freaking 20 bucks for like a burger. Like it was so expensive. And we're like, these broke university students were like, what the heck's going on? And like taking crafts in a Walmart parking lot, like, because there was no <laughs> toilets. <laughs> like um, it was like those moments like that where you're just kind of slumming it and you're semi-forced to be like independent and figure it out. Like we had no idea what we were doing in Iceland. We did zero research except, oh, the blue lagoon looks pretty and let's go tour around the island. Um, so that was quite amazing. Like it was such a beautiful trip. Awesome. Let's talk about, I know you talked about it very briefly yeah. about university, but you said that was kind of never on the cards at first. Now, obviously you're doing your master's, so that took yeah. some turn. What uh, what happened there? Did did someone push you towards university, and they felt that that was the right thing to do? Did you take a turn, kind of, as you grew up a little bit more, and you went through high school to decide you went wanted to do university? Tell me about that. Yeah, I um, man, like I said before, I never grew up being like the smartest guy ever. I uh, honestly, I ended up kind of falling into the construction field right after high school too. Um, like being an essay at at chalk, going into cowboys and. I felt like I was working so, so hard and I was honestly pulling in these crazy hours. I'd get up at literally 6 a.m., go to work, work construction till five o'clock and work at Cowboys in the evening. And my body was absolutely beat. It was, it was exhausting. And I, my mom started charging me rent at home. <laughs> and then you were <laughs> like, I get me out of here. Literally, and she's like, I'm only not going to charge you rent if you go to school. So I ended up actually like upgrading uh, my courses, getting into the open studies program at MRU. And to be honest, and nothing hating against construction, but it wasn't built for me. Like I'm absolutely so soft. <laughs> I'm like, you don't I'll, look it. You don't look exactly big bearded guy. Yeah, it's like, exactly. I'll, I'll go to the gym, but I'm freaking soft. I'm like, first of all, I love sleeping in, <laughs> yeah. and I love going to love going to work and not like I, I like saving my energy for the gym and not working it all off in, mm-hmm. in a day. Um, but yeah, I would, man, I never viewed myself as an, an intelligent guy. Not not even to self hate. But um, I never really did. But I just didn't put the effort into that. And I mm-hmm. put my effort into friggin' dating and trying to be like a cool guy, I guess, if you will. And yeah. that, 
that didn't serve me well. And then when I got to university, it was an amazing experience. Like I, like I honestly believe school is so important just for the networking aspect. And just, you're never going to be in an environment where you're, you're around the same people and you're just trying to learn and figure out what the frick to do with life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and then after, after school, I, I got into work like everyone else. And that's when I was like, frick, I kind of want to go back to school. And luckily I got into my master's program and it, it was, it was definitely a bit of a grind, but I did it. <laughs> so you still, you're still doing your master's right now, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you, I know we're, <clears throat> we're going to go into kind of what you do for work and business as well, just a little bit after this, but how do you manage all of that balance? You know, you're doing your master's that was never necessarily on the cards. You've got yeah. all these other things going on. You've got your relationship as well. How do you manage that within your lifestyle now? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And for anyone listening to this podcast, everyone knows I'm a bit of a busy bee and I like to plan way too many things. But um, I really have this philosophy. I, I like to like think of it as like a garden and you only have enough water to garden like five seeds. Um, and I view that as like family, friends, work, and then relationships and then like spirituality. Um, and those things I, I try and water and I try and make time for each thing. So I really schedule my weeks prior in advance I'll, every Sunday I literally I map it down with my fiance I'm like okay hey, what's our week looking like because this day is a non-negotiable for me and then um little dog yeah, barking no, in the back not, I don't know what you said but he's, uh, he's not happy about he's that not, he's not liking it um but must be with school but uh <laughs> no I really I really try and map out my weeks um so it's yeah I talk about my non-negotiables like the gym have to hit every day that's a non-negotiable school on Thursday evenings that that's a non-negotiable so it's really like planning and preparing ahead. That's what's gathered me my, my success at least. And I'm sure you as well too, because you're, you're a busy man. Yeah, I think, I mean, routines, I can't remember. I, well, I actually listened to a podcast. I think it was Jordan Peterson and he was talking about routine is if you don't have routine, you are not a human. Like you can't function at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like that very young, almost OCD routine where it's I have to be planned. I have to have things scheduled. But for me, that's where... I perform the best. If something kind of goes out of plan though, that can throw me off. Um, and it's hard to do that, especially, I mean, for you, obviously in a relationship, is she on the similar wavelength or is she like, holy crap, Sundays are getting crazy. Yeah. I'm a bit much for her sometimes. Yeah, uh, like actually she's made fun of me. She's like, you're not spontaneous at all. <laughs> and <laughs> but I was you like, think you are. And I was like, oh, babes, I'm spontaneous. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like here, I'll kiss you right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Trying to convince uh, Exactly. So I, I tried doing that, and, but no, she, she's getting like, we're getting more on the same wavelength. Like I'm trying to be a bit more chill and she's trying to be a bit more organized with things now too which is like it's it's so funny when you kind of be in that middle it's like okay cool let's try and figure out each other here like yeah. what can i learn from you and what can you learn from me and i i, I told her this quote though and kind of similar along the uh the lines of jordan peterson but having a routine like leaves room for more spontaneity because mm-hmm. it's like cool everything's planned now what can i do like yeah. hey i got my non-negotiables done i have a gym i worked i read i, I journaled now let's go freaking crazy. <laughs> yeah. I think as well, obviously, if you've got those values, it's important to have them routine because it's so easy mm-hmm. to fall. Like, for example, the gym or whatever else you do or yoga, for example. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as you let that slip and it comes out of the routine, you can be spontaneous, but then you lose your passion for what else you're doing, and especially with you with, with business, which we're going to go into now. But I want to dive, I guess, first of all, I guess before you even started these businesses, what even inspired you to want to start something of your own? 
So before we get into even what they are, what, what even gave you that inspiration? Was it yourself internally? Was it someone else? Yeah, I, man, that, I've never even thought about it myself too. I, I kind of fell into the businesses uh, I made and truth be told, I was never like, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Uh, but uh, an opportunity presented itself. For example, like with Virus, um, Beard Oil, I used that product every day. I was going to Kent's of Inglewood and I was buying like beard products of ass and spending hundreds of dollars. And I was like, after university, like when COVID happened, I was like, fuck, like I can make this stuff myself. I literally looked up a Pinterest recipe and I was like, I can totally do it. So I literally started crafting it up in my room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I was like with Dexter's laboratory, just like, okay, this works. <laughs> <laughs> the nerd in you comes out in the bedroom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so I did that and it was, it was kind of fun. It was like playing like little bartender with, with beard oil. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. that's quite fun. No, for sure. I was going to say, cause I've like, you are like the king of self care. So I think that came into it probably came into play obviously you're using the product already and then you're thinking okay how can i create this product obviously you are a guy that you know is into self-care is mm -hmm. that something that triggered it as well that just because you use the product or did you feel like people in the city specifically needed that type of product as well i definitely think a bit of both like, i definitely pride myself on self-care and obviously you do as well too you're a great looking guy and you dress amazing like that's one of the first things I commented on about you too. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I appreciate it. Uh, Don't make me I was no was pumping up tires. <laughs> <laughs> and um, no, I, I, I think self-care is so important. Like I, it's so true. Like you look good, you feel good. Like I have those days, especially during COVID where you didn't dress up and it, you felt like sluggish. And I was like, and I, I did not like that feeling. I, I liked getting dressed up. I love going out. I love uh, presenting myself at my best. And I, I wanted other people to feel that way too. And just normalizing men's grooming as well too. Like removing that whole toxic masculinity where like, oh, man's man, like I don't take care of myself. Like that stuff is absolute BS where it's like, it's okay to to want to take care of your appearance, to to buy moisturizer, to buy products that make you feel good, right? So I think that was an opportunity where I was like, there's a huge gap in the market for that. Like not a lot of men in Calgary specifically do take care of themselves. And no hate, but it's you go over parts of the world and it's it's a lot more different yeah i think that is quite evident i think it's all it's it was maybe not as much now but it's a mm -hmm. taboo topic right men would hide that they self-care right if they've oh, got yeah. i know men that have got skincare routines they wear masks at night whatever it is whatever makes them feel good but for a long time that was just a female thing or it seemed it yeah. would be right and i think that was when I noticed you starting up was a message that was clear that you wanted to say, this isn't just the product. Yes, you wanted to use that. That's a great start to it. But also there's a bigger part of the story here. And with that, I kind of want to understand why did you come up with the name and what, what does that necessarily mean? Yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. And um, yeah, Virus, it, it comes from the stoicism word of Latin meaning truth. But I made an acro acronym of it, meaning like virtue, equality, resilience, unity, and strength, which is all virtues that I like to take pride of as well. Um, so that's kind of where the name came. And I really wanted it to be about a community of men and not in this weird, like masculine where it's like men. <laughs> yeah. I wanted it to be about, hey, like, it's, it's okay for men to normalize talking about how we feel and to creating more of a community where, yeah, we're doing photo shoots. Yeah, we're having like, we're going out for beers and, and chatting and talking about life relationships and just everything important to us in our life everything that we take stock of and uh the brand the brand's been doing amazing for that i mean it's 
really I'm just trying to make it bigger as well, right? And I'm trying to scale it without losing that whole community feel yeah. where it's like, hey, it's not just another beard product. It's it's really a community. Well, that must be challenging if you obviously trying to scale but also keep a community. Yeah. Sometimes that's like two things going against the one vision you're trying to have. And that's probably a very difficult balance that you're experiencing right now. What what's Obviously, building the business, I want to kind of understand a little bit about that. You did mention it just briefly that you started in a bedroom, which I think is actually a great story to tell for yeah. people because a lot of people want to start business and they just won't because they're like, how do I do it? I mean, Apple started in a garage, right? Yeah, Gymshark, yeah. they started in a garage. Gymshark did too as well. And yeah. those stories are incredible because they're now billion, trillion dollar companies, right? Mm -hmm. And yes, that's a massive goal to work towards. But you still have started that. And I know, and I'll speak confidently on this, you're in a lot of barbers right now. You're, yeah. you're seeing, you're online, that community spirit's there. But tell me a little bit about building the businesses, the business and the challenge that came with that. Yeah. It's, uh, and Bowie, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, building the business was, it was weird. It was during a weird time too, right? Like this was graduated 2020 and I was like, fuck, there's no work. I'm, I'm going to start my own business. And at the time, I was uh, I was actually just like, how the freak do I make this? So yeah, I looked on Pinterest, as I said, started making the recipes. Excuse me, sorry, just had to burp there. <laughs> Get it you out. Can, you can keep that on the recording. I too. know, I'm not we're editing that out. <laughs> we're drinking a couple energy drinks right now, so <laughs> it's like, oop. I know, we, we were going to do beers, but it's dry January it's, now. Dr so. Now it is, halfway through January. <laughs> yeah, well, I, mine's delayed because of my birthday, but. Exactly, it's okay. Um, but yeah, I started off in my bedroom mixing essential oils, carrier oils and what carrier oils are. It's like, essentially it's like jojoba oil, coconut oil, sweet almond oil. It's the primary base ingredient for a beard oil. So I started making those right in the bedroom. And my mom was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I was like, try this out. Try like, it like, smells like here. <laughs> Literally. And like, honestly, I, I spent thousands of dollars before I found the, the perfect actual ingredient. Like it was, it was a lot of trial and error. I'm going to say that without fail. And then I finally created my first one, which was the cedar and tobacco, where I, I thought it was pretty good, actually. And I was like, frick, this is amazing. And um, the girl I was seeing at the time, too, she was like, yeah, this is good. Like, you could you could definitely sell this. Um, so, yeah, I started, started doing that. And it kind of kind of blew up blew up from there. The first rendition was absolutely freaking awful. Now, hindsight 2020, looking back, um, now I got, a, like, a wide variety of products. I have my my own manufacturer here in Calgary, like everything is locally sourced and locally distributed. Um, so I got super fortunate with that. The big um, theme of a brand is keeping everything local, but as we scale, we still want to keep it Canadian, but that's, that's the, that's the struggle we're trying to find out. Yeah. I think that's, that's challenging for every business, right? Even yeah. the big companies that want to keep their as local as possible and use Canadian suppliers, it's not easy though, especially when pricing comes into it too, right? 100%. You know, a lot of company, well, clothing companies, for example, they'll refer to China because of the pricing that it will come in at is yeah. way cheaper. And it's, you're battling that if you want to make profit um, as well there. You talked a little bit about funding and you said you spent thousands. Yeah. Do you mind me asking kind of where did the funding come from? <laughs> you don't have to tell me how many thousands no, you went no, through. No, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Um, to Truth be told, man, um, this, and I don't recommend this to anyone wanting to start a business. I recommend reaching out to friends and family. I honestly took out debt for this one. Um, not even a lot of credit. I was spending money on my credit card, which was an absolute freaking battle. Um, and it took me a while to get out of that debt. I didn't become profitable until this year. 
Um, and it took a while to get that break-even cost up, right? So it was it was definitely a battle. I don't recommend that to, to families and friends. It was so freaking stressful for me. Like, um, Kayla, my fiance, she was a big support for that too. Where I was freaking battling. I was like, man, I'm in debt. Graduated school, started a business, and now I'm working. I'm like just trying to freaking play catch up. Um, but it did all work out. What made it work out, would you say? Because that's challenging, right? I know, well, majority of businesses do take debt, right? Yeah. They take debt on, whether they're using their own personal money or the banks, whatever way you look at that. How did you manage to get through? Because that's a bit of a mental challenge for sure. How did you, Matt, was that your partner that kind of dragged you through it or? Yeah, Caitlin was a huge support system for me. She was absolutely incredible. Like I had zero budget skills from working at Cowboys and just making cash. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah, sure. I can spend hundreds of dollars on this. Like, and it, it made absolute, like no sense of a term budgeting after, after school. I was like, what the heck am I doing? Um, so she was a huge resource for Jim as well too. And just uh, the hustle and grind. And I know as cliche as that sounds like, oh, the hustle and grind. But no, that, that definitely that helped and it took a lot of time, <laughs> a lot of time to get rid of it. But yeah, I'd, I would vent her. I'd probably, I would, I've cried to her multiple times. So I'm just like, holy shit, like what am I going to do? I think you wouldn't be a real business owner if you hadn't. I think the yeah. stories behind the scenes of, you know, starting in a room and building a business, it's an absolute grind, right? And people forget that and everyone's like, oh, I'll start a business, but it takes a lot of work. Yeah. And a lot of passion, which obviously, again, it's evident now. Let's talk about the products. Um, so what products have you got available um, now for Varus? Yeah, so it started off with uh, beard care, and now you got some nice spicy beard oil. There we go. I know. <laughs> I know. What a treat. And uh, yeah, it started off like beard care. So like the beard oil, the beard balm, shaving oil. And now we're branching off into more skincare. So like aftershave, shaving cream, men's moisturizer. Going to get into cleansers. Uh, the thing is with... with Men, like our product portfolio, if you will, isn't as extensive as like women who use a lot more products. So the big thing right now is trying to de determine, I guess, like what is actually going to sell within the market. So moisturizers and cleansers, yes. Now we go into facial serums. Like is that actually going to be a seller? Like how mm -hmm. many men use that? So it's going to require a bit more like serving on our part as well too to be like, okay, like what percentage of men use serums? And a big part of that's education around that too. Like uh, I want to commend TikTok for us. Like, Ever yeah. since TikTok blew up, now you're seeing men use skincare products all the time. You're like, what the frick? I mean, mind you, it's the absolute pretty boys of the world doing oh, it. Oh, I've seen, I've seen <laughs> some of your TikToks. I've seen some of your yeah, TikToks. Yeah, a bit of thirst drops out. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll, I'll scroll through and then it'll pop over like, oh, shit, I didn't put my beard oil on today. And I'm like instantly angry with myself. That's a non-negotiable. And now exactly. and then Isaac's face is there in front of me scowling at me for not doing it. Oh, uh, you killed me. You actually killed me. But yeah, it's uh, that's kind of where the products have gone to now. Awesome. And they're also obviously available in different places. What's the, what's kind of the best place to get it at? Is it in multiple stores? Yeah. So it's in, uh, I mean, barbershops all cr across Calgary, like Andreas Barbaco, East Village Barbers, um, other barbershops as well too. I mean, the list goes on um, in the Hudson's Bay and then as well in Odesso Man. Uh, they're an amazing like men's, uh, like men's store where we have like a whole bunch of amazing products and, and clothes as well too. Um, best way to buy it. I mean, obviously the, the website would be the best. Um, that's kind of where to truth be told, I make most of the amount of money off of that. I mean, I mean, I don't know how much I should go into this, but the, <laughs> the second you go selling through any distribution channel, you give up a certain amount of percentage, of right? Course. And, yeah. uh, don't get me wrong. I'm with a lot of those bar barbershops and those partners for a reason, because we help support one another. Like 
they're making more sales, I'm making more sales. Mm -hmm. So there is definitely some mutually beneficial um, like partners there um, and the ones that actually take care of a brand as well too and are educated around it. Like Adesso is incredible. Like they know me, like I go in there like monthly, we shake hands, we talk. Um, and they're an amazing partner to have. So like a distribution channel like that, like where they're promoting the brand, marketing it, giving that education, they're just an extension of me, of me in a sense. And they're absolutely slaying it. So they're an amazing sponsor. Yeah, I think, I mean, when it's with those big distributors, I guess that's where the marketing comes into a lot of it. And that's important. And, and some small business owners don't realize because they see the profits not as profitable on those compared to, let's say, just going through your website. But that's only one channel and you need hundreds, if not thousands of channel to get um, to get your name out there as well. Bang on, like literally like 10 percent of my sales and like I'm going to be completely transparent about this is through my website. 90 percent of my sales are through those distribution channels. Like it's absolutely crazy. Like they do such an amazing job at marketing the product and people obviously want to go back there because they're incredible educators. So, yeah, did, they absolutely kill it. Did you say you're in Hudson's Bay? Uh, Hudson's Bay, yeah. Oh, okay, sweet. So, so what was that? Because was that a challenge to get in there? I I kind of stuck my way in there through Adesso, man. Luckily, they got right. the partnership. They, uh, wow, they got the partnership. <laughs> the energy, <laughs> energy, 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 the energy no, you can get into you now, Exactly. Right? I'm like just shaking off the walls here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, luckily I piggybacked off of them. Like, And that's one of the benefits of having amazing partners like that. Like, I don't think enough leveraging of our network is enough out there. Like even this is incredible right here. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm on, I'm on your podcast. I, I'm promoting you and you're promoting me as well mm -hmm. too. It's a mutually beneficial relationship yeah. as well. And we're having great conversation. Yeah, exactly. So it's a win-win. Exactly. It's really a win-win. The food before was good too. The food, exactly. We won't go into that. We had a romantic exactly. dinner. Yes, no. we're like, uh, what is it? Uh, Lady of the Tramp with yeah. spaghetti. <laughs> Two dudes with beards just having spaghetti. Exactly. <laughs> Let's move on from that. This is probably a good segue into um, your other business. So your date night, YYC. Pretty much want to have similar conversation because um, yeah. this is another business that, that you started. I guess I'll let you take it away. First of all, diving into, I guess, why did you come up with it and how did you come up with it? Yeah, so this one was, uh, this one fell pretty naturally too. Um, pardon me. Another burp there. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, <laughs> no, Caitlin and I, we started dating three months and, and my, uh, my mom for my, for my Christmas present got me a candle making kit because I'm obsessed with candles. Like, I, like my part of my self-care routine is lighting up a candle, taking a bath, having an occasional glass of wine. And yeah, I wanted to make my own candles. Like sometimes you go chapters and you're like, holy shit, 35 bucks for a candle. Like what? Absolute nuts. Yeah, um, they so, are expensive. Right? Yeah. So I was like, I could probably make my own. So <laughs> um, I made a candle uh, with Caitlin. We indulged in a bottle of wine with it as well too. And the candle turned like absolute shit. <laughs> <laughs> was that was your like, fault or hers? <laughs> I was like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let's never do this again. Um, and it was it was the kit. And we're like, like because we figured it out. We're like, we did everything right. Like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And Kaylin's like, I guarantee like, I can find a wax supplier. So we ended up getting the wax. And we're like, okay, like, let's try this again. So we ended up like making our own candles with the wax. And we're like, okay, this was actually like, a pretty fun time, regardless of a candle turning out like shit yeah. the first time. I'd love to provide that same experience for people too. Um, and this was during COVID as well too, like the date night kits. Uh, like YDN is your date night, right? Mm -hmm. And people were trapped at home. People were stuck doing Netflix. I mean, 
it, there wasn't a lot to do, right? Um, so we started a business uh, in the middle of COVID and the date night kits were popping off. We just started off with candle making kits. We went into paint night kits, went into polymer clay kits. Um, and her and I, yeah, the fact that we started a business three months into a relationship and she hasn't killed me yet is a blessing. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's coming soon. Very soon. <laughs> Hopefully before the wedding, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so we did, yeah, we did that. And then when, when things opened back up, that's when we started doing the events. So we do like cocktail making classes with Una Pizza um, and Frenchy Wine Bar. We do like yoga and beer at Cold Garden and like Two House Brewing. Like yeah. all these amazing venues. And the whole goal is just to create a community and bring people together as well too, right? So by creating fun events, doing something other than Netflix, um, which obviously I'm an advocate for. Like there's tons of shows out there that I love. Um, and the list is, is continuing to grow. But yeah, we wanted to provide something different for an experience because... Honestly, like as much as I love going out for dinner, like we wanted to spice things up a bit, do mm -hmm. something fun. Um, and that's kind of where, where things have gone to. And now she's going full time with it too. So she's, she's crushing it. Sweet. So you guys obviously started together and it was early in your relationship. I'm going to probably say that was, I would guess that was a challenge. Obviously early in a relationship, you both want to do this thing. How did that work for you both? Yeah, that that wasn't as big of a challenge as I thought, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like she is a very transparent person. Yeah. So in, in regards to finances, that, that's a big one. In a partnership, like, oh, like how are we going to cover this? Like mm -hmm. who's going to take this bill? Who's going to take that? How are we going to split like the, the, the profit, if you will? And honestly, we were like just like super honest about it. We're like, hey, I'm going to handle this. And from a financial perspective, you handle YDN. Like, Obviously, there's some longevity between us if we're starting a business together. Um, so she's been running with that full time. And I'm like, as much as I'm part of a business, she is taking the reins on it. She's absolutely slaying it. Nice. But it did, it has presented its troubles too, especially when coming to like, coming to like agreements, with like certain partnerships as well too. Like, it, it's tough to get a lot of those partners on board to be like, hey, like, as you know, even like renting on a spot where it's like, okay, like, how can we come to a mutually beneficial partnership where I'm bringing you business and I'm giving you amazing marketing and we're also providing a cool event here. So mm -hmm. a lot of those troubles have been, it's almost like the, the fights have been like, uh, like us together against uh, a partner, not and in it, a bad way, not it, a fight, but more like a, a strong conversation piece. Like what should we do? When you say, when you say like, is it against venues? You would say, I'm obviously not going to mention yeah, venues, no. but. Certain, yeah, certain venues will, it's like sometimes we'll get like a weird like minimum spend where it's like, you want us to spend that? Like, yeah. like we're going to lose money on that. Okay. Um, so things like that have been like a bit like ridiculous where it's like, okay, we, we, can't, we can't do that. Um, but then it just causes us to recalibrate mm -hmm. and be like, okay, we'll improvise and we'll find something else. Yeah. And has that been kind of your negotiation? Like, because I bet some of these venues, it's all about timing as well. Yeah, timing's a big one too, yeah. right? Like in, in the summertime, especially where everyone's booming, right? Yeah. So we have to be like super calculated on how we're doing things. Yeah, because yeah. you went from, I guess, just the product because when it was COVID, you were just sending them out, right? Bang Pretty on. much. We would deliver the date night kits and now yeah. we've gone to more of like a, a product and a service-based model where we're providing the events and contracting out instructors. Like okay, we so don't, I don't teach video, I'm not that flexible. 
I was about to, I, my next question honestly was like so how do you teach painting yoga drinking beer and all the other things the drinking beer one i could teach pretty well there you go. um but the yoga part like we'll get like um actually Lindsay, this instructor from hot chop she's incredible um she teaches our yoga and beer classes cocktail making classes as much as i'm a mixologist i'm nowhere near as talented as this guy andrew at like una pizza he's awesome so Sweet. he teaches our mixology classes i mean we just contract him out Sweet. What's been kind of the most popular nights that, that you've done recently? Ooh, recently. The cocktail making. Yeah. <laughs> Especially during like the December period where everyone's just boozing. Like everyone's having yeah. a great time. And it's like you get to learn to like make three different cocktails. So, like an apple smoked old fashioned, a grasshopper and um, an espresso martini. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people like people want an experience like that too. I and mean, when you take home a drink too. Yeah. Is it is it obviously it's called your day night, but is it mainly couples that go to it is it do you ever have just friends that are kind of visiting dude i had a bro day there oh yeah <laughs> actually yeah, yeah. I've, I've had a bro day there me and jay went to one of the cocktail making classes mm-hmm. that i hosted weirdly enough um but we did that there's lots of lots of girlfriends that just go we'll do like a gals a gals night we have a cocktail making class coming up february 13th for like a galentine's day so oh, amazing yeah, yeah i was so wondering I, if you knew valentine's yeah so that's gonna be a good Where's, one where if you release where that's gonna be hosted yeah it's gonna be a frenchie wine bar like right behind una pizza that's yeah, it's, cool vibe. yeah like it's really it. cool it's such yeah, a good yeah. vibe we got like half price fondue too so it's bomb sweet that's yeah. awesome so it's gonna be a sick time is that sold out yet or is it still still available um i think there's might be like eight tickets left or something like that Hey, sweet. Yeah, so there's still there's still some available for anyone else to go. Wait, so I've got time. Dan, if you, I've hey, got time. I know. I'll be I knew your date. You, I'll be your date. <laughs> and I knew what you were going to say as soon as I was you looking at exactly, me. Then, exactly. Like, exactly. Okay, fine. I'll go with you. <laughs> no, there you we go. won't tell Caitlin. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. Yeah, just say, unfortunately, we're not doing Valentine's. Exactly. I'm taking Dan. No, I like that. I like that. I want to learn a bit about kind of your advice of starting business. And I want to learn this because I think it's important especially when you started something in your room, you started something with, with now your fiance. Yep. What's kind of your advice for people that may want to start their business or are in the early stages of starting the business that you may have learned mm-hmm. very quickly from failure and, and, and now you've realized that that was probably a, a positive that you went through in business? Yeah, I, my biggest advice, and I, I don't want to repeat this one because I know a lot of people will say this and, Nike's amazing for us. Just do it. <laughs> that's obviously, yeah. that's probably the first step. Or if you have an idea, just uh, try it out. Like, I mean, see what sticks, right? But the second would be, I mean, if you're going to invest in something, don't half-ass it. I mean, like really be passionate about it. Um, and make sure it's something that you really enjoy too or, or see some sort of value in. Because I think a lot of people um, will just have a business to make money. And I I mean, as much as that is, <laughs> that is like a big goal in business, I do think it's not, it, it, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it might not be feasible in the short term, mm-hmm. especially when you're, you're struggling, <laughs> especially when yeah. I've had months of zero sales. And I mean, if your whole goal is to make money, I mean, you're not doing that, you're probably going to drop that pretty quick, but yeah. there's some passion behind mine. So I'd say that. And then, um, yeah, I think, I know I said this, but just to, to reemphasize it, yeah, definitely don't, don't half-ass, like go full in and, um, really try and make it the best thing, the best thing as possible and, and see what works and see what doesn't. Yeah. I think what I thought was important there, what you said about the money chasing, I think a lot of people obviously go into business to make money, which is important, yeah. but at the beginning, the first year or, or sometimes longer, that's a time when you're not making money. You are potentially mm-hmm. using your own money. You may be in debt. 
And that's a challenge, especially mentally, to try and overcome in your own mind and think, okay, well, how am I going to get past this? Is there any point in continuing? And I think it is really pushing through and, and, and managing to get to the to the next level because that's when the reward will come in the in the long run, right? Dude, bang on. It's like re- relationships too, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's a big one too. I was going to say I know, but... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you're a stud. Easy. <laughs> but no, it could be it could be one of those things where it's like, oh, if you don't see like longevity with this person, it's like a first fight and we're done. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, there has to be some sort of passion, some sort of like uh, purpose behind it. Yeah, but. no, for sure. I love that. And then what's your kind of plans for future business? Obviously, I know you're in the thick of both of them right now and, and things are starting to improve and change and more sales, et cetera. But yeah. what's kind of the plans? What's your vision um, for the future for both of those? Yeah, that's a that's a really good one. Um, Virus, the big one is definitely scaling up without trying to lose its main identity. Mm-hmm. That, that is a big one. I'd, I'd really like to to get distribution channels all across Canada and eventually break out into North America, into the U.S., right? That's going to be a big one there. And just hosting more men's workshops where, like, hey, like whiskey tasting nights um, and just gathering, like, a good group of guys together. Um, just I'd really like to get more into the, like, almost, like, collaborate with, like, YDN in a way, but not collaborate with it, but have more, like, events centered around, like, men's workshops and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that'd be a big one. And then second with, with YDN, I know the, the thing Kate and I have talked about is ha- having her kind of go more full time with that as well too, which she has and trying to scale that up too. Um, we're still trying to figure out how we want to do that. That's a, that's a, that's one we kind of got in the weeds right now where it's like, okay, how do we scale this without, cause you're dating at YYC is in YYC, right? But we're going to try and just continue to make more partnerships. Maybe do like a huge summer campaign where we do like a 12-week program where it's like there's an event happening every week, something like that. But um, I think the goal is definitely for us to continue to partner, but also keep it separate in a way too. That way like we're both invested into the business 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, you can be smart about it, right? And I, th- I think for for your date night to scale, it's, it's still still about getting bigger, getting more consistent in the events you do, right? I think that kind of business is, it's so needed and it will always be needed because there's always something people are looking for to do. And every time if you speak to your friends, they're like, oh, there's nothing to do. And that those types of things are perfect, especially if you're in a relationship, right? To go to those types of things, do something a little bit different. And it's it's about building that community that it's okay to kind of go out of your comfort zone. Like I know there's also a lot of people that may not even try that. They should after they listen to this. Yeah. And I hope they do. And uh, I'll have to find someone to take with me, but there we go. <laughs> hey, we'll, I'll go if you worst comes to worst, I know, I know, I know. I can bring the voice. Exactly, exactly. No, but dude, you are bang on. Like everyone, especially like date night ideas. It's like, oh, what are we going to do? Whether you're like your brand in, new into a relationship or five years in. It's like, hey, there's something for everyone. Yeah, I used to I used to have a list on my phone, honestly. I know that dude, sounds crazy. No, it's smart. Because, it's really smart. Because I used to f- I forget and you'd always just be like, oh, let's just go for dinner. Mm-hmm. Let's just do this. And then eventually it's like, well, no, there's like, there's paint nights or ca- like you said, candle making or beard all make, whatever it may be. Yeah, That's fun to do an activity together that's not necessarily the normal thing to do 100%. or not provided by a lot of companies. And it's about finding that kind of niche company like yours to get involved in, in something like that. So, so true. I love it. And I think honestly, everyone should, should try it and I'll, uh, I'll be promoting it for sure. I appreciate you. Want to uh, talk a bit about, obviously you've got another role that you do, which in your normal job, should we call it a normal job? Yeah. Um, <laughs> recruitment. And yeah. not a lot of people may not know that either. Do you want to just talk a little bit about that? How do you even get into recruitment? Yeah. I mean, 
I think you and I both fell into it in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, did, I, always, I always ask. I think everyone's story for recruitment's the exact same, but. It's actually so funny. Like I, uh, <laughs> you ask everyone, it's like, yeah, I kind of fell into it in a weird way. Yeah. Um, when I graduated from school, I mean, COVID, blah, 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 right? Started a business. I was in debt. I needed a job. And I saw like Aerotech uh, recruiter. And you know, when you're on like LinkedIn and you're just like applying for hundreds of jobs, it's like, well, yeah, sure. Well, this one works. Anyways, I had a connection there, Stephanie, and I applied for a job. She got me in, which is sweet. And at first, I actually hated recruiting. Like I, I literally did. I was like, this is awful. Like this is, <laughs> this is so hard. But mind you, it was during a difficult time too. It was during yeah. COVID where no one was hiring. So I was like, this is tough. Um, so yeah, ended up sticking with a company, uh, Aerotech kind of expanded and, um, developed a sister company, Actland, which is like engineering and service talent solutions. So we, we started going into that and I wanted to get into a sales role. So I, I entered into the sales role there and, essentially since since then it's been an amazing journey like it went from recruiting to, to an account manager and they are, I actually didn't say this but they're sponsoring some of my MBA too which is awesome sweet contingent on <laughs> I do well in the course <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was about to say yeah but they've been an awesome like an awesome company and I mean obviously they, they helped me reach a lot of my goals like get rid of debt like mm-hmm. pay for a freaking wedding in November mm-hmm. like it's that it's gonna be a lot and it, it's it's such an amazing company Good. That's yeah. awesome. I love that you need to be in a role like that or with a company like that because that builds typically everything else around you as well. Things will fall into the place. If your full-time role is a difficult or challenging thing that you're trying to overcome, typically your business is outside of that is, is difficult and, and being able to balance obviously everything you, that you do, I think is a great achievement because not a lot of people can do it. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's uh, definitely an interesting journey sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we won't we won't get into the real recruitment story. Yeah, but every, we'll put everyone off for life. The, the awful clients, but yeah, <laughs> we got to keep it positive. Here, exactly. Okay? No, there's no awful clients. We know <laughs> Zero, that. absolutely we know not. That. The clients are always right. <laughs> let's uh, let's jump into I guess relationships. But before we go into that, I do want to talk about friendships. Yeah, and I think from my perspective, and I probably speak for multiple people here as well. You're a great friend. Um, you've got That's a great fair. out. I know I'm really going in for it now. Um, you've got a great outlook on kind of life. And and I think it's pretty, pretty spontaneous. But Thanks, you know, think so. <laughs> um, but what does what do friendships mean to you? Because I feel like, again, when I first met you, great friend, I pretty much could text you anything. and I believe you would do it. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit about friendships and what, what they mean to you. Yeah, I, and and coming from someone like I didn't have a lot of friends when I grew up, right, and kind of more into the the young adulthood, if you will. Now, uh, I really value my friends. I I make sure I, I really like to spend as much time with them as possible. And I mean, for anyone like listeners, call them, text them. Like I call, I call you, Dan. I hardly mm-hmm. text you no, <laughs> like no. when I want to talk to him. Like, hey, how are you? I'm like, why is Isaac <laughs> calling? I'm always questioning why you call. I know it's like this is freaking sus. What's he calling about? <laughs> yeah. Is this a booty call? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, what does he want? <laughs> no, but um, yeah, for friendship wise, like yeah, they, they mean a lot to me. I, I they've a lot of my close friends have been with me through some tough times, some some really tough breakups, and when I need a shoulder to cry on, they've been there. I've I mean like. Watch Vampire Diaries with my friends. Watch for no with my <laughs> friends. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely so soft, but I've also had some really good times with him. I've, I've traveled with him um, and just had some crazy, crazy party stories, even if you had cowboys. <laughs> yeah. I know. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's, yeah, I mean, 
how what friendships mean to me of the world. That's one of one of the seeds I I really like to water in my in my life. Yeah, for sure. And I think that it gives you a positive life if you've got a good friendship group around you and it, it, it brings some interesting friends that they know into your life as well and you can kind of build build up from there. So true. Even to push each other too, where it's like, hey, like, yeah. I know you can do it. Let's do it. Exactly. Right? Even in the gym, right? Yeah, big time. Just in the gym, yeah. you bring your friend with you. It's like, damn, big, I got to pick this up now. <laughs> big Daddy Kai. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I know. That's why I don't train with him anymore. He'll, exactly. He's an absolute freaking beast. I know. <laughs> he's terrifying. Yeah, he's uh, huge. He's looking amazing. Like, so amazing. <laughs> what did, he'll laugh at this. But one of, oh, I think it was Jackson. Um, he was telling me that one of his friends once saw Kai and he hadn't seen him in, seen him in, in a while. And he said, oh, hey, Kai. He's like... How come Kai ate Kai? That's so funny. <laughs> Literally, though. Well, the guy's like doubled in size. He looks amazing. No, he does. And he, he trains out the ass. Like, he kills it. Yeah, he does. And he, he's put, I guess it's like you, right? The non-negotiables. He yeah. realized that that was good for him, right? Mentally and, and, and also, obviously, just for self-care. He put everything into it. And that's clear and evident now, visually, obviously. But for himself as well, being... Um, you know, in a different mindset and looking after yourself is, is definitely a good thing to do. For sure. Let's talk about your engagement. So I know that was last November, I believe. Yeah. 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 So last November. So I guess a lot of people will probably want to know about your experience finding the one <laughs> or what people would say the one, right? So met, t- tell we, me a little bit about that. We met on the bachelor show and called it a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah married at first sight. Yeah, exactly. Right. Love Island. Yeah. Love is blind. There you go. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it finding the one. Yeah. It, I mean, well, do I go into the story too much? Or? I think sh- uh, I'll show you what highlighted. Yeah, I, I was just about to go say, share whatever you want to share. You know what? I'll, I'll tell you the moment. Like it was a progressive, um, it was progressive how I knew she was one, mm-hmm. but there was a big moment where I was like, holy shit. Like yeah. this person's with me through the, I mean, the highs, the lows. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this. I got my passport stolen in Morocco. You what? My passport stolen in Morocco. Okay. So I actually got deported. Back I thought you said it was still in Morocco. I was like, why yeah, is it in so, Morocco? Yeah, freaking <laughs> some guys just hold yeah. on to it. Like, well, what yeah, my freaking doppelganger. <laughs> actually, literally though. Um, but no, my passport got stolen in Morocco. I got deported back to London. Um, but long story short, when when I got my passport stolen, she ended up like sticking with me throughout the whole thing, even though her friends were in Morocco. Like she split everything with me, all the fees, like. Uh, and it was thousands of dollars to to fix this issue. Um, like she slept in an airport floor with me for 48 hours when she could have been in a comfy Airbnb bed. Um, she went back to London with me. She sacrificed some of her trip, even though it was our trip, um, to really go through to really go through it all with me. And then um, we just made, we we got to understand like how one never goes through a stressful situation like that too. And mind you, I mean the fact that we started a business together, the fact that we she challenges me and opens up a new perspective for me in life where she calls me out of my shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one moment of like getting to travel together and getting to experience life together. Like, I mean, the beautiful sunsets on the beach in Portugal, being in the Sahara desert, camping for a night, riding on camels, like that was really cool stuff. And it was all, it was all so worth it. Even though that really shitty experience happened, like <laughs> I was mm-hmm. crying, she was crying. At one point, the police tried separating us in Morocco. Like, mm. we're like, no, like she's coming with us. You're getting deported back. And she and she would be stuck with me. She bought a flight back to London with me. Um, and it, it was absolutely crazy. Oh, yeah, it was nuts. 
crazy time, man. It was actually so stressful. It was so stressful. Like when I got deported back to London, London was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like they, because um, Canada and London have an amazing relationship. Mm-hmm. So like getting a passport, 24 hours. Yeah. It was fine. It was great. But um, it was a scary situation, man. <laughs> it was definitely yeah. was terrifying. Especially if you, because you said police were involved and they were just like trying to deport you and you just, in when you're abroad, you just don't know what's going on. Even if you can understand kind of what they're saying, it seems so much more serious, right? Bang and you're on. like, okay, how do, where do I go? What am I meant to do? Like, I can't, you're going to get separated. And if they're telling you that stuff as well, the emotions are starting to rise on oh, both parties, sure. right? And probably your friends too have been like, what, what's going on? Is he actually going to London? Like what's happening here, right? Yeah, dude, it was nuts, man. Like I, um, when they tried separating us, like they did it in a very sneaky way. Like, mm-hmm. um, like grab your suitcase and yeah. come with us. I was like, okay, sure. Came into the room, but like, we're kicking her out. And you're you're coming with us, and I was like, whoa! I was like, can I say can I say bye or can she come with me? And Greg, no. And I was like, man, like, like I looked at his finger and I was like, do you have a, do you have a wife? He's like, he's like, yeah. I was like, would you leave your wife in this situation? It's like no, and I was like, please let me have this chance. Like, mm-hmm. and we we worked it out, but it was it was pretty terrifying, and the whole language barrier too. It was extremely difficult. Yeah, how was that? Because obviously, what you just explained to me there, explaining like the, how did you even have that conversation to try and convince them if. If it was difficult, that was that was tough. I mean, one of the guys spoke like really good English, rest not so much. Right. Um, at first, they thought I was Arabic, of course, with the, the big beard. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Actually, in Morocco, I got called Ali Baba the whole time. Really? <laughs> like, do, you th- do you think, like, obviously, you talked about your passport, and th- do you think they were kind of more aggressive with you to kick you out? Because, like, do you think they uh, would kind of be in a bias in a way? I have no idea. Like, I had so much, so many like suspicions of what was happening. Uh, I thought it was the whole situation was so weird it was not like an ideal time at all but um yeah like even when i when i was trying to get back to london i was like i don't have a passport i was like how the fuck do i get on the plane yeah and we're like don't worry like we'll handle it i was like okay cool like what does that mean i was like can i get your name he's like you don't need my name i was Mm. like what i was like how am i supposed to find you he's like i'll find you i was like this is i feel like i'm in a fucking movie did it feel like corrupt Super corrupt. Okay. Super corrupt. It yeah. was just like, and it was just a bit sus. Morocco, beautiful place, beautiful people. Mm-hmm. But for sure, it is a bit corrupt. See, that's crazy, isn't it? You know, when you go abroad, and these are the stories that people, you know, experience, and then they're like, I'll never go traveling again because they hear the, especially parents, when they let the kids go, and it's like, oh my God, the things are like going to Egypt. And like, literally, I've heard some people go to Egypt and it was like crazy corrupt. Oh, like, they're for sure. Like, especially if you're a blonde girl. Oh my like gosh. I heard a story of my friend, she went with her family and he tried to like take her and sell her for camels. And he was like, what? Oh yeah. Like eight, I think they offered 18 camels to try. It was weird. That's a good deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I know. I, I was the dad. I was like, take her. <laughs> She's all yours. <laughs> I was like, I've still got camels just living here in Calgary. Oh my gosh. My parents were literally so scared. Like I told them, obviously, yeah. like, don't go back. I yeah. was like, oh, I got to go back. Yeah. And like, for sure, there's a risk involved with traveling with anything, right? But mm-hmm. it's important to do it. I do believe that. Yeah, no, it is. And you obviously learn from that. And it, yeah. it, it, it probably brought you too closer. Oh, which is obviously this, this story that we, uh, we, we, I don't know how we got into camels from. Yeah, literally from the engagement. How did you know she's yeah, the one? She's the one, but she actually got sold for camels. Exactly. Um, <laughs> let's go back on track then. Tell me or share the story of how you how you did get engaged. Yeah, I, uh, Caitlin's brother is actually... He's a, he's like a photographer and he comes to Calgary every few months and he loves to go to Banff all the time. And I bought the ring uh, like a few months ago, like a few months prior to, mm-hmm. uh, 
to proposing. And um, when I had ring, I was just literally burning a hole in my pocket. I was like, let's freaking get a single, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the best way possible. Yeah. And Landon, Landon, Caitlin's brother, was coming into town. I was like, right before he got on a plane, I called I called him. And I was like, dude, I think I'm going to propose to your sister. Like, can you can you get this on camera? And um, he's like, actually? And I was like, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and he was so stoked. So we went to Banff. It was like super snowy super snowy Saturday mm -hmm. and she ended up inviting my brother last minute too she's like oh like my brother's coming let's invite yours and I was like I mean, complicates things a bit but yeah. I mean now I have to tell Josh so mm -hmm. did that we got up to Banff and we're going to Banff Upper Hot Springs and get outside of the car and I was like okay ring check you know how you do like yeah. the phone wallet keys yeah <laughs> ring oh, yeah. check we're good go up and um super snowy and <laughs> Uh, but it, it opens at 10 o'clock. We got there like right at 10. And I was like, Babe's like, let's get a photo here. Like looking over the mountains. And she's like, why? It's like knee feet of snow. So <laughs> I was like, this looks like a nice photo. She's like, what the fuck? Who, what are you doing? <laughs> let's do it. And then uh, I was like, Landon, can you get a photo? Uh, so he uh, he's like, yeah, 100%. You guys go. So I, I gave her a big hug. And I was just like, honestly, Caitlin, you're my best friend. And you're the only person I want to spend my life with. It wasn't anything... I didn't have this whole speech prepared. Mm -hmm. It was just like, hey, I love you and you're my best friend. And yeah. Will you marry me? And that's when I got down on the one knee. And, and she said no. That's yeah, a shame. And she said no. And I was like, I'll, I'll let you transfer right now. How much money do you want? <laughs> no, and like, that's where I took the receipt for the camels. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I made my money back. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But no, it was it was good. Five seconds of like tears. And I was like, yeah. is this a yes or no? And she's like, I was like, Woo. Yeah, typically girls just don't say anything, do they? I know. Like, they just go quiet. What the fuck is happening? I know. <laughs> just say yes. Were you, were you freaking out before it? Um, So nervous. Actually, yeah. like, funny story enough, I, I literally left my <laughs> my keys in my car. I was like, where are my keys? Oh, mm. my gosh. Like, after the hot springs. And, um, yeah, I literally left them in the car because my whole mind was just focused. I was yeah. like, ring. Okay, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're sat here. Wow. It was pretty funny. So that's pretty spontaneous. Yeah, I'm pretty spontaneous. Yeah, I'm pretty spontaneous. Because yeah. that wasn't as planned as I expected. No, it wasn't. Yeah. You know what? I tried overcomplicating it. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to fly her out to Vancouver. Yeah. I'm going to go on the beach, tell her friend to meet me there. And then I drop down on one knee. Sunset's going to be facing us. And bam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was it was pretty, it was very low key. And even though she, yeah, she, she was definitely not expecting it, which was good. That was my thing. Yeah. So yeah, I For didn't sure. want her to be like, Okay, on this date, yeah, Isaac the planner is proposing to me. <laughs> well, I mean, she could have said no. Yeah, so. exactly. Ha exactly. Happy ending there. Happy exactly. ending. And getting married this year? Um, November 11th, 11-11, Remembrance Day, actually. Wow. Which is in, right Calgary? in, in Kelowna, which nice. is going to be awesome. So, so excited for that. It's Beautiful. Be, getting into wedding planning is, pardon me, so exciting. Mm -hmm. um, also so stressful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, shit, like, there's a lot of friends, there's a lot of family, and trying to figure out the logistics behind everything. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Like, I never thought I'd be in engaged at, like, 25, 26 years old. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I mean, super grateful for us, but it was definitely like a, all right, adulting begins. Like, <laughs> let's go, right? Life moves fast. Bro. Life does move fast, right? Life moves fast. Life but, well, I, I mean, for you, obviously, it felt right. And that's that's important, right? Yeah. You know, it, it, sometimes I think people probably put the pressure on. It's got to be amazing. And it probably was amazing for her, right? It doesn't yeah. matter 
about flying people out to Vancouver. And obviously you can do some incredible things. And I think for the guy, there's so much pressure on what you do and you can really overthink that and it can get to you. And uh, I mean, I don't know why I'm saying this. No, dude, I, no, 100% <laughs> where well, you're bang on. Yeah. There's so much pressure. It's like, yeah, it's got to be perfect. Yeah. Like, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're soft like me. You, yeah. you're, you're a very thoughtful guy. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know what? I really want this to go well. Yeah, yeah. I think I would probably spend a long time. Yeah. Like just because I see it as like an event, but that's just who I am. Like yeah. everything's got to be perfect in time. The right people have got to be in place. Like yeah. I'm like that with just a lot of things in life. So I think mine would probably be, um, or I'd try and make it as big of a spectacle as, as possible. And then I'd probably slip, yeah. slip when I'm <laughs> trying to get like, Are you but joking? That's an amazing quality of yours. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, we're going to pretty, pretty much wrap up here, but I do want to talk mental health obviously is a topic that we talk about um in here in general we haven't really touched on it yeah. but i want to know is there any challenges you've had for mental health over your period of your life so far yeah um i think covid probably was a big one i think i keep going back to covid um and i'd like to get like your thoughts on this too afterwards but man it was crazy working at working at cowboys mm -hmm. um that was a big part of my identity it mm -hmm. was hey like I went to MRU, I was a business kid, and I bartended at Cowboys. Yeah. Like, that's all I was known for, which wasn't a bad thing. But I put so much stock in that, and that when, when COVID happened, I lost all that. Like, I wasn't mm -hmm. a busy bee anymore. Like, I had nothing to do. I graduated, and I felt like I had zero purpose. And mm -hmm. I, I pretty much crashed, <laughs> crashed and burned a bit mm -hmm. um, and didn't know who I was. It, it was weird. I, I went through this like, weird depressive phase. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that was really tough, and not being able to, like, see your see your close friends for a bit like, mm -hmm. it was tough and to be able to communicate that like phone call is nice but being able to like, hug someone that was really tough for me um so about yeah that was a period where i was like i, I didn't know what i didn't know what was going to happen i knew life was going to be okay um and you there was like a light of end of a tunnel but mm -hmm. it was one of those things where i had to recalibrate my mind and be like okay like what am i going to do like, <laughs> like really um, i think i think was difficult because especially during COVID, I think a lot of people obviously developed some form of mental health issues because we were living in a completely different way than we have before. Like most people were just Whatever. in the houses. And for you, what I know is you thrive off people's energy as well. So the people you're surrounded by, that gives people energy in life. That's who we are as humans. And going from a cowboys and almost a going through kind of an identity crisis of what's next. And then you've also not got your friends around you or if you're not in a relationship, everything to me as well, when I was back in England, felt like a bubble. It was horrible for me being in England because I wanted to be here. Yeah, that's so, right. You were there the whole time. Yeah, so that I- was a battle for you to even come back. Yeah, so it was, so I was there the whole time. And obviously I was with my ex who was from here at the time. Yeah. We were doing long distance and that became obviously a mental challenge because it's, are you ever going to see each other again at, at that time? And so I had that. And then I had the feeling of being trapped. Like to me, I describe England, which sounds really bad because England's a great place. Yeah. But I felt imprisoned because I couldn't come back. And obviously they stopped flights. The uh, restrictions were stopping people traveling anyway. Yeah. So I found that really difficult. And that found, felt like a little bit of an identity crisis in a way as well, because I was like, am I meant to be back in Canada? Like, is this the way it's meant to be now? Like yeah. I'm like, part of me felt like I was meant to get stuck in England and that that was my story written for me. Um, and trying to get through that was, I had to develop strategies to try and train my brain 
that I was so passionate and motivated to achieve coming back. Yeah. That that's what drove me. What was the kind of driving factor for you? Obviously you said you went into a bit of a depressive state, but what was the strategy that you kind of created? Was it making yourself busy again? Yeah. I, I just want to say about like that, that would be a difficult chapter to be like, okay, is, is Canada close for me? Is it mm-hmm. like England? Especially when it was like, okay, like it just felt like a reoccurring, like, okay. Quarantine measures, quarantine measures, yeah, right? It was, it was crazy. That would have been tough. For me, my, my driving factor was, yeah, keeping busy. I was like, okay, what can I do? And I think, I mean, as, I, as I'm saying this, I think Virus was a big reason for that too. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, okay, I got to keep busy with something. I got I to gotta, I gotta create create something of my own right now um, and try and find a new identity. And I think that's how I wrapped up like mental health around Virus too in the in community because... Um, that, that was a big, that was a, probably my biggest driving factor. Yeah. Sweet. I think we'll kind of wrap it up there. I know you're shooting off to something else and yeah. I'm sure everyone's enjoyed, uh, enjoyed the story so far, but I do want to talk about the last question pretty much. Will which I go is, on a date with you? Yeah. Yes, of I'm course. like, can we do, can we do, do can, <laughs> can we, we do, do your date, date night? night? <laughs> I know, I'm, like, I'm desperate. Um, if you could name this chapter in your life, a specific Ooh. name, uh, what would you name it? Ooh, this is good, huh? Man, this is like one of those like surprise questions, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, I didn't prepare for Dude, this. Dude, I did one. not prepare for this. Um, man, um, you know what? I would, hoo-hoo. okay, I'm gonna, I need to take this one from, have, did you read Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey? No, I've actually got it downloaded. I haven't okay. read it yet. It is amazing, and I got to take credit for this chapter because I think it's very prevalent to what I'm going through right now. Mm-hmm. And um, it's this chapter of being, like, less impressed and mm-hmm. more involved. Yeah, that would I'd probably say that. And I'd, I'd like to be, like, less impressed with my, my accomplishments and acknowledge mm-hmm. that they're very, but more involved in life right now and just be a lot more present. I think that's I think that's amazing, honestly. I think that for a chapter, maybe just the story of the whole book. But yeah. I think you've got to be present and it's so we got away from that during COVID, right? We got so consumed by what are we doing and questioning everything. And it's about being present and, and living the life that you, you can live with the people that you want to be surrounded by. So Dude, I love that. I love that. So true. Like literally so true. Like right now I'm like, okay, like weddings in November, but it's like, you know what? Enjoy the moment right now. I think that's the it's, I think that's the name of your episode, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> you just saved me a job. Done and done, baby. Done and done. I absolutely love it. Dan, you're freaking stunned. And I appreciate you. I Seriously. Appreciate thanks it. for having me on. Like, no, of course. Oh, is, I need to ask, who would you nominate to come on the show? Ooh, who Yeah, I forgot that one nearly. Man, okay. Um like someone I think would be Ooh. <laughs> Don't worry, they, they won't be mad at you. No. I'm actually, I'm, I'm really trying to think, you know who I think is awesome, but he's not, he's not here. He's in Belize, Ruben Young. Mm. He's got like an awesome story. Like yeah. How that guy, like he's really still like going for it. Like he is putting so much effort into his music and so much investment. I know he comes back to Calgary every so often, but I think he'd be an awesome guest. Yeah. And I know he'd be so down. No, for sure. He he would definitely be a great connect and his story is interesting, right? You know, trying to go down that avenue of music is not an easy route and Dude, it's, it's, it's a challenge and it is, you are your own business, right? You're your own brand. And I know he's done a lot, obviously here locally to, to build that up, but trying to do it uh, around the world is a difficult one. So I'll, Dude, I'll definitely hit, hit, hit him up, up and we'll see what we do from that. And him and I share the same birthday. 
So there you go. So maybe we'll have <laughs> He's to do an it awesome then. Sagittarius, right? <laughs> there we go. There we go. Well, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. I know everyone will have enjoyed this episode and go check out Virus and obviously uh, your date night YYC too. Love it. <laughs> okay, appreciate it. Sweet. <laughs> Thank you to my guests for joining me and to you guys for listening. Next week, we'll meet a new guest to learn about their persona behind their social media account. If you want to ask a question on a future episode, go to our Instagram at Sonder Society Pod, where you can suggest topics and even nominate a guest you want to see on the show. If you enjoyed the show, please review us on Spotify and Apple and share with your friends to help build the society. Catch you next time.